Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I'm way cuter than you are. Just a personal attack to start the episode, huh? Yeah, I don't like you or your face. Fix it, please. Well, luckily for you, I have extensive plastic surgery uh, for tomorrow. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Botched lately, and I think that they <laughs> would love you if you go into that show. Uh let's get on let's get on track here. Okay. Right? Let's just do it. I know that you're the one that keeps us on track. Today I'm gonna do it. I'm going to be Alex Eschback today, okay, guys? This is what he sounds like, right? Right? I like the hint of a Valley Girl voice yeah. I have. Yeah, just a touch. Yeah, just a I, touch. <laughs> I was really influenced by the 80s film Valley Girl. Nick Cage's role really changed my life. Did it really? Yeah. Uh, Nick Cage's role in Raising Arizona, where he steals children, <laughs> is what caused me to be a serial kidnapper. Now, like, obviously I've grown up, and like I wasn't influenced by Nick Cage until National Treasure, and I've just been breaking into museums ever since. Have you really? Yeah. Good for you. Not a single time has anything come to life. Not once. Not once. <laughs> National Treasure yeah. uh, Night at the Museum. Too. No, ma- no matter how much MDNA I slip into the water, <laughs> nothing changes. That's really unfortunate. Uh, National Treasure uh, 6 Tokyo Drift, uh, starring Alex Eshback coming your way. Uh, sorry, Disney. I know that you wanted to save that announcement. but It actually doesn't take place in Tokyo, though, oddly enough. <laughs> no. It takes place in a P.F. Chang's. <laughs> It's literally the only <laughs> reference to anything of Asian culture. The script was 12 pages long. The yeah. film, however, is three hours. <laughs> After several hours on the cutting room floor. We we riffed uh, that whole movie just like this. Uh, and it is terrible. So what are we talking about this week? Oh, I guess, I guess I'll get into it. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the brand new number one issues released in February. And... Let me tell you, Alex, of all of the comic reviews that we've done so far, this is definitely one of them. That is true. I can't argue with it. And what a surprise at the end of the month that we're reviewing the issues that came out throughout the month. Yeah, it's like we've been doing this for six or seven or eight months. Who knows? Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the Marvel ones. No. Okay. Next. Skip it. Okay. We're going to skip Marvel today. We're going straight into uh, Goofus and Gallant from Highlight Magazine. <laughs> We're getting it. We're going to talk for an hour and a half about the new Mad Magazine, and talk about the ramifications that we think is going to yeah. have on the upcoming political. Finally, we year. solve why me worry, or <laughs> or is it what me worry? <laughs> uh, I also discovered the answer to why horny, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. So let's talk about Age of X Men Alpha Number One. Uh, yeah. Who's it written by? Uh, it's written by Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler, with art by. Ramon uh, Rosanas. I believe that's how you pronounce the last name. Uh, I apologize if I get that wrong. Uh, this takes place. I apologize for nothing. This is an Elseworld story. Uh, it's basically the exact opposite of like the House of M event from Marvel in the early 2000s. Uh, this is a place in a world where every single person in the world is a mutant. Yeah, which I hated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought the art in this book was great. I thought it really fit the tone. Um, I do. Oh, by the way, spoilers for all books that we talk about. God damn it! Uh, you couldn't have waited until the end to say that. I thought it was a little slow, or I thought it was slow until the very end of the book. Uh, the end of the book is where my interest started to peak up, especially because like it has an interesting team or some parts of it. Uh, I like Magneto on the team. Uh, Nate Gray 
uh, leading the team with a Christ-like visage about him. Uh, Jean Grey in like her like 1950s style outfit. Uh, Bishop Colossus with the beard, which is kind of strange. I thought Nightcrawler, Storm, uh, wearing African garb. Like it has an interesting team, not the most original team, but it had some original pieces there. But it was still very very slow in the beginning. Yeah, I think the coolest part of this whole comic book is that the fact that the metal man has a goatee. I thought I liked the, the only part I liked about it. I and like, the art. The art was fantastic, like you said. Uh, I thought the end was pretty interesting with Bishop being basically, I guess you can say he was arrested, but it's, it's obviously it's a utopia and everything as it seems, there's this dark veneer to it. And Bishop gets arrested for a third violation. And his violation was sleeping with Jean Grey in a consensual uh, relationship. Uh, and he got, we assume teleported to some prison, I'm guessing. We don't really know because it doesn't show it. And it was Psylocke. And I can't remember who the people on the team were. Uh, yeah, all I remember was Psylocke from the... I want to say Psylocke and Iceman, but I'm not positive. Yeah, thing? We guess. We're, we're not really yeah. sure. It does raise some interesting questions. It, it's not a great first issue. Uh, I think reading this as a whole uh, would probably be a much better story than reading the single issue because it's trying to build a whole new world. And we're about to talk about another Age of X-Men book here, but there's a ton of spinoffs on this, and it's something that I absolutely hate when Marvel does these money grabs when they try and have these massive weird events. I'm just not here for it. Just not here for it. Well, and we'll go ahead and jump into the next uh, Age of X-Men book, which is The Amazing Nightcrawler, uh, written by uh, Sheena McGuire and art by Juan Fergara, who are both, as far as I know, new to me. Nothing else off my head I can recall that I've read by uh, either one of these two artists. But I, I actually enjoyed this book more th- than Age of X-Men. I did uh, too. Uh, it was more fun, more lighthearted. There's some moments like in this Nightcrawler is the most famous man in the world. He's an actor, and there's this his uh, co-star uh, is a someone that can change their shape in a shapeshifter. Whenever she's out of costume, like she just changes her shape, and she has uh, she basically her breast shrink, her waist becomes like more normal, her hair becomes like not giant poofy, like more like normal hair. I thought like little moments like that. It raised interesting questions, like how people were upset that the cuckoo uh, twins had a relationship uh, that wasn't quite answered. I just thought it was a more fun book, better paced as well. There are, there are seemingly so far in this book, absolutely no consequences. It's very light yes. and very airy. And if yeah. there was, if there was one complaint I have is that there seems like there's no stakes. Yeah. But in I agree. some of these books, uh, that kind of a start is, is really wonderful. Uh, so I, I could see, I could be very interested to see where this is going, but I agree. The, if it's going to tie into the whole Age of X-Men thing, then I'm not necessarily that interested. Yeah, the, the conflict was low, and especially at the end, Nightcrawler sleeps with his co-star, and we see him up in bed regretting it, but we have no idea why. Like, we don't know why that, that was a bad thing again. I know why. I won't tell you, though. <laughs> um, our next book from Marvel. Daredevil month. by yeah. Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. Alex's favorite author of all time. Chip Zdarsky is fantastic. Uh Favorite author of all time, right? Well, no. Yes, but, uh, Alex said yes. Uh, and art by Marco uh, Cicchetto. Uh Again, all these artists have terribly impossible last names for me to pronounce <laughs> in my ignorance <laughs> of various cultures. Uh, uh, we didn't talk about the art in the last book, but what do you think of the art in, in Daredevil? Uh, I thought the art was really good. Uh, I, I thought it fit the tones that she was trying to capture. It was fine. It was good. Um, it was Daredevil art. But what do you think of this book? I enjoyed it. It was a good first issue, uh, and I agree. starting the new Daredevil series 
one of the favorite things that I read from Marvel. It might even be my favorite one. I actually picked up the second issue of it today. We're recording on Wednesday this week, uh, a couple days before this podcast comes out, and I grabbed Daredevil number two. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It picks up pretty uh, well where Charles Sewell, Daredevil run ends, uh, and that was a really nice run. But I think Zdarsky's bringing his own tone. Like I like bringing Matt back to his Catholic roots in the book. I normally I'm not a huge fan of flashbacks for stories that we're already well familiar with, but I thought I like the original elements. I like seeing him as a kid before he was blind, a kid right after he's blinded, whenever he had the Frank Miller suit on. Those were all nice touches. Yeah, I think my favorite little twist is the fact that now he's a serial murderer out yeah, on a the, massive rampage. The ending was great. Like uh the fact that the guy died from concussive blows. You see Mayor Fisk uh rubbing his hands, Mr. Bernstein leaving, and then you see just Matt passed out on his bread with just blood stains all over the mattress. Yeah, like I thought that because he's still reeling from his accident of being hit by a truck as well. So he's not hundred percent. Yeah, He gets in uh, a fight with three just little yeah. low thugs and basically gets the shit kicked out of him. There was a great line too, where he slept with this woman he met at a bar and he's talking about how he knew foggy would disapprove, but how Foggy's ready to rent a moving van. Anytime he sleeps with someone, <laughs> I thought that was a great line. It's probably my favorite thing from Zdarsky. I've read since his Howard the Duck run. I, I, thought, I thought it was a really strong book. Howard the Duck run is great. If you haven't checked that out, go look, go read it. Uh, our next book is Hulk Vereens. Because, of course, we have to review a book called Hulk Vereens. Yeah. Th- massive thank you to Alex for purchasing this book that we are now going to have to talk about. This is a book I wasn't going to pick up at first. Uh, it's written by Greg Pak, uh, art by Ario uh, Anadidio. Uh, but, but the fact that Wolverine is on the very last page, Alex, of course, had to buy it. Well, I read uh, Greg Pak's Weapon X run, uh, which uh, the Hulk Vereen first appeared. And then I read Weapon H, the six-issue series, about that character as well, about his life outside of uh, past the Weapon X storyline. And I thought both those runs and storylines were okay, so I was hesitant to pick this up. But like you, uh, we're both big fans of Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk. And I like this new Bruce Banner. So I was like, screw it. Like, I'll pick it up. I'm glad, like, 616 Logan is back in the universe. And I had low expectations going into this book, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I did. I thought the beginning was slow, but I liked everything with the leader. And then once Bruce showed up, uh, uh, that was really fun. I didn't care for this book so much. Uh, The leader part was quickly dismissed. I was like, oh, man, this leader dude could be pretty bad motherfucker compared to these guys. And he quickly is dismissed and chased off. Like, <laughs> uh, I thought it was kind of lame. Uh, I did. I, I'm curious who the series goes. You only get basically Wolverine on one panel of this book on the very last panel, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And he's teased on the cover, which made me think, all right, bring yeah. me some Wolverine. Cool. And like, I was a little annoyed too. Cause I was like, at first I was like, there's no way, like I hate when like new characters are way more powerful than like established characters. Someone like, especially yeah. someone as like infinitely powerful as the Hulk. Uh, but they basically nerfed the Hulk in this book. So I was like, well, okay, well, that makes it a little bit more fair. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I was okay with that. So that way they're not just saying, oh, this new character can easily beat up and destroy uh, someone that's an immortal killing machine. Next, we're going to talk about one of the uh, 80-year anniversary, possibly one-offs. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a one-off. It's a journey into unknown worlds. Uh it's but, basically two different stories. Uh, two science fiction stories. Yes. Uh, uh, written by Colin Bunn, who I'm sure we've talked about. Colin before. Bunn is the first one. Yes. Uh, and the second book, uh, second story is by Clay McLeod Chaplin, Chapman, 
with art by Guillermo Sana on the first one and Francisco Mana on the second one. Yeah, we definitely weren't struggling to get to that in time. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, actually, first of all, let's just say this. Which of the stories did you like better? I think I like the first one better, uh, where they are basically uh, turned into these, like, there's, it's like a research team, I think. And they're turned yeah. into, like, these massive, like, alien creatures who are essentially yeah. parasites. Nomadic parasites, basically. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and the second story is about uh, like a Boy Scout troop. Uh, and one of them gets uh, kind of infected or overtaken by this alien moth-like creature. And becomes one. And then his entire troop uh, gets infected as well. I actually go to the second story more. They're both quick reads. Um, and they're very much like pulpy science fiction stories from like back when that book was first printed. They're, it's not like my kind of thing. But I think for people that love this kind of pulp sci-fi, it would be a fun read for them. It's fun and it's a good shakeup when we're reading a bunch of of longer reads with number one issues. A lot of the the times they tend to be thirty plus pages, where that's two twelve page stories and quick fun. Yeah, uh, we're gonna jump in next uh, to the Savage Sword of Conan, second Conan book we've yeah. talked about, and we were both months. big fan of Jason Aaron's Conan book. Yeah, uh, better. Do you like this one better or not as much as the, I did not like this one as much. Same, but that's not a knock. I still think this is a fun book. And this is Jerry Dugan, yeah, correct? Jerry Dugan, yeah. uh, art by Ron uh, Garney, and I was I was excited for this book. Uh, it was still a fun story that's just taking Conan in a different route when we get in Aaron's book. And like, it, I don't know, there's, there's something about this character and the way both these writers are writing him that I'm like, yes, yeah, I just want more Conan. Yeah, and I've never ever thought that. Uh, Conan O'Brien would be a character yeah. that I would want in my comic <laughs> books, but here he is. Yeah, it's where, like I never, I've never read any of the original old Conan books or the comics. I've seen the movies a couple times, but never, never like huge impacts uh, on me. But these stories, for whatever reason, uh, are really working for me. Do you think uh, they'll they will reboot the Conan movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger again? I hope so. Please, uh, I know. I know too, and then, well, they did reboot it with Jason Momoa, which is was an entirely forgettable film. Did I'm pretty they? sure, I, yeah, I, yeah. I see, most people have already forgotten yeah, about there it. There you go. Uh, but and the one my disappointment is there was no sword in this book. No. Yeah, there was no savage sword at all. So I'm not sure where that title comes from. Probably doesn't he like give a sword to somebody else? Yeah. I did <laughs> like though. I did like. I love how this book opened like it with him. Imagine something, and then it sees that he's just eating sharks that he's killed in the open water, <laughs> which was just amazing and just incredibly badass and his delusions. And of course, it being Conan, there's always some level of mysticism. So the slaver ship that picks him up turns out to be run by uh, snake men as well, too. It's just fun stuff like that. Uh, I thought it was, it's again, like not as good as Aaron's book, but only because that book was like a near 10 out of 10 for a number one issue. Uh, but it was still a lot of fun and, and worth reading. It's definitely in the top five of the number ones that I think that we've done so far this month or this year. Yeah, I would Even agree with that. Is, oh, probably top three then because <laughs> this is the second yeah. month. Sorry. <laughs> My bad, people. It's definitely the top 20 number ones that we've talked about on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, our next book is a spinoff out of Jerry Dugan's Infinity Run, uh, which is Wolverine Infinity Watch with written by him. So it's second book by him, art by uh, Andy McDonald. Uh, you have not read any of Dugan's Infinity Run, I'm, if I'm correct. You're incorrect, because we talked about the first issue of his Infinity oh, Run. did we really? <laughs> I think so. Uh, At least I, I picked it up. Like, I'm a huge Wolverine fan. I love the cover on this book. Uh, I thought this book was just kind of okay, though, only because it basically just felt a large recap of what happened during uh, his Infinity Prime uh, 
event series, which is great for new readers to get a recap, but it didn't have a lot of, I did, I did really enjoy the Wolverine and Loki interactions. I thought those were fun. I like seeing the Phoenix Wolverine, which has already made an appearance. Uh, I want to say in Cosmic Ghost Rider or another book. I can't remember off my head. Yeah, I didn't care for this one at all. It was uh, a cluster, and it was just a big recap. Yeah, in a, it was, in a, comic it was book. a big recap, which, I mean, it's I needed more. Like To me, like the number two will, will be more like the number one issue uh, for this book. But let's say just do more recapping. All right, let's move off of, of Marvel, please. Uh, we've got four different books from four different publishers that we're going to talk about now. Uh, our first one is Army of Darkness versus Bubba Hotep from Dynamite. Uh, written by Scott Duvall and art by Vincenzo uh, Federici. Yeah, are you a big fan of Ash Ketchum? I love Ash Ketchum, and I love <laughs> Bubba Hotep, too. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I had to pick this book up. I wasn't going to miss it. And I don't know how you... but like, Did I, disappoint. No, I, I liked it. Like, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but it was fun. Like, I when I read Ash's dialogue, I read it, like, Ash's voice was in my head. Yeah. When I read Bubba Hotep, Bruce Campbell's impersonation of Elvis was in my head. Uh it wasn't the best thing in the world, but for a Dynamite book, I thought it was pretty fun. Dynamite tends to put out a lot of weaker stuff, a lot of movie-oriented stuff. And you know what? This one was fine. Uh, I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. it yeah. Like you said, it was fun. Yeah, it's it's basically just fan fiction come to life. So yeah. I, I, I'm fine with that in that sense. There's better Army of Darkness comics out there. Uh, but just for something that I didn't think I would see, I thought it was a fun pickup. There are a surprising amount of Army of Darkness con, uh, comic books in the world. Uh, our next one is from Dark Horse Comics. It's Fight Club 3, uh, written by Chuck Palahniuk and art by Cameron Stewart. Yes, uh, Stewart, not Dave Stewart. And I didn't read Fight Club 2. You did. <laughs> so yes. I'm going to guess what happens in Fight based off Fight Club 1, which I saw and read, and Fight Club 3, which I read, but I haven't read Fight Club 2. I'm guessing in Fight Club 2, it comes out that Tyler Durden is actually Edward Norton's twin brother and it was in his head the entire time and that was the twist on the twist and it just turned out that it was all a little boy's dream yep i uh, okay. could not have been more nail on the head as somebody who read fight club 2 and didn't really care for fight club 2 and being you're a like huge... i have to get fight club 3 yeah but uh, you are a huge chuck palinuk i'm fan. a massive yeah. chuck you're palinuk a chuck nut fan. i'm a chuck nut i've got autographed uh chuck books yeah. i had a, a inflatable brain autographed by Chuck Palahniuk at some point that I got at one of his readings. Love the guy have not been a fan of his comics and they've been actually pretty well reviewed. Uh, I just didn't really get behind it. Yeah. I I'll say like flat out, like I did not enjoy this comic. It, yeah. it offered me nothing. Uh, how many, how many words would you guess there were in this book? Uh, eight and a half. <laughs> there are yeah. not many words. It is lots of pretty pictures. I don't think he was doing much reading as much as yeah. storyboarding yeah. or uh, writing. Yeah. As much as I felt like, I mean, I felt like Cameron Stewart really carried this book, if anything, and, well, and he yeah, had to. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's storyboards involved with this, obviously, yeah, yeah. that, that but, Chuck wrote. But yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was not excited when I saw he was doing Fight Club 3. I was kind of disappointed. Well, you're more disappointed because you're like, oh, I, and I'm going to buy it. So, yeah, yeah. I'll, like when the when the hardcover comes out, I'll, I'll be picking it up and reading the whole thing. <laughs> just, just, like really, just like I do with like, like Spider-Man Deadpool, which is a series I'm not a huge fan of at all. But I'm like, well, I buy every Deadpool trade. So oh, just another I, one I stopped Spider-Man Deadpool after the third volume. And <laughs> it was still good then, too. <laughs> Anywho, let's move on to the next uh, Mark Millar book. Mark yeah, I feel Miller, like we can't uh, go two weeks without cop uh, talking about him. But when Netflix offers to buy every single uh, series that you start, might as well start churning them out. Uh, this is the third series that he's churned out. And I want to say... 
like six months. Yeah, you're probably right. Prodigy, this, and Magic Order. And then he did another hit girl run before Lemire. No, and Kick Ass 3 as well, too. Who we're forgetting about. Yeah, he, he's. He, he did the first run on he it. Did. The first and six he did the first hit girl, too. Yeah. Uh, but I think that was last year. But of course, six it months was. ago was also last year as well, too. Uh, but, anyways, we're talking about Sharky the Bounty Hunter uh, with art by Simone uh, Bianchi. Uh, I will go ahead and say that, that I thought this was the weakest output from a Mark Miller book I've seen in a minute. I agree. Uh, it's this is not there's really like only like one moment that I really enjoyed. What was it, buddy? Uh, whenever the kid comes into his room and says his name, his name being Extra Billy, it just made me laugh. <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought uh, Sharky's motivation for uh, agreeing to transport the kid across the galaxy was a little forced and weak. Uh, we did later learn that he was a part of this guard where honor is a part of their tradition, but that's not established till later. I just thought it was all a little forced. Um, it, it just seemed very yeah, forced. I don't know. Like, if this becomes a TV series or a movie, yeah, of course I'll watch it. But th- the first issue didn't do much for me at all. No, I'm I'm very excited to pick up the trade for Magic Order. I'm extremely excited to pick up the trade for Prodigy. Uh, this one, I'm going to skip entirely. Yeah, I, I think that's all. It's not for us to decide for others, but I mean, I, I, I'm right there with you. Yep. Uh, this is the, the next book we're going to talk about is the one that I wanted to get, and somehow Alex found, uh, but it is probably one of the biggest surprises uh, to me. I don't know how you felt about it, but I absolutely loved this book. It's uh, Stronghold by Phil Hester. Yeah, it's our first Aftershock book that Incorrect. we've talked about. What's the other Aftershock book we talked about? We talked about this yesterday when we were doing our pre-show meeting. We talked about uh, Walk Through Hell by Garth Ennis. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So it's our second Aftershock book yeah. that we've talked about. Alex does not. He's not a very um, good listener. He's he's a hunk, so they're bad at listening. And Matt said it was uh, by Phil Hester, uh, who is a renowned artist. Uh, but he actually wrote this book, and the art was by Ryan Kelly. Uh, Phil Hester uh, was responsible for one of my favorite Green Arrow runs ever. Probably my favorite Green Arrow run ever. Uh, so I saw this on the shelf and I had to pick it up and I like this book too. Uh, I, the middle kind of dragged for me a bit, but I like the beginning and I like the end a lot and I'm curious to see where it goes. Uh, I would rather like to say that I would divide it into quarters and the second quarter I, I thought was weaker, but the first and then the last half of the book. I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where this thing goes. It's basically about this guy who, this insurance adjuster. Uh, Which already thrill him in it. You yeah. Are hooked. Uh, who might who has super abilities, but he was raised an orphan, doesn't remember anything. And it turns out he might be this design, divine figure that the secret society is needs to either help him not remember anything or push him in a certain direction. Otherwise, the world is going to end. And it's about this woman who leaves the order uh, to try and basically further her own reasoning for where she thinks he should go and guide him. So it is an interesting book and it's a concept that we've seen before, but it's not one that's just treaded out time and time again. No. And it's, it seems to be done pretty uniquely as well. Uh, we don't really know what people's motivations are. And I think that's a good bit of fun. Yeah. And I thought that the protagonist was really well, it was well written and interesting as well too. I really liked all the scenes with him, uh, when he was primarily in him. Yeah, I did too. He's, he's like a, uh, boring-esque character from The Office who's just is questioning his own reality, and it's it's kind of neat. We're going to jump into the DC books now. Only uh, two of them. Yeah. The first as, a, as opposed to the 48 Marvel books we well, just reviewed. Well, that's DC's problem. Uh, we're going to talk about Female Furies first, written by uh, Cecil Castellucci, with art by Adriana Mello. 
And this is a um, feminine story for our times. And not really a feminine story, more of like a human story. Um, what do you think of this book? I thought it was okay. Uh, really? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, I, I like the coloring a lot. Coloring up by Hi-Fi, but the art I thought was just okay. It wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, story? The story, it, it was just a little too slow for me. There was one part that I really enjoyed. Uh, we shall say that Female Furies is about the Furies that are raised uh, by granny goodness on apocalypse, uh, on apocalypse. Yeah. uh so you have uh barda you have uh i'm blanking out their names right now yeah uh, i don't remember any uh, names. aurelia uh yep sure uh and That's the rest close. of the team uh trying to prove themselves that they are the fiercest fighting force on all of apocalypse uh and should be one to further his goal uh but they are met with uh, men who try and stop them in their path uh, in judgmental ways. And I, the part that did I thought was entertaining was when they had them do like a cooking contest, uh, and they had a smile contest, but it was them in their bathing suits and just the anger on the Fury's faces. I thought on, was great during all yeah. of these like bizarre, messed up contests. Yeah, yeah, and, and it goes into like a bunch of sexual assault stuff. So there's yeah. like, uh, there's definitely heavy trigger warning on some of this. Stuff. The ending was the strongest part but yeah. by far in this book, uh, where I, basically Aurelia saves. A girl's life because and even though she's just a slave and the other furies tell her she shouldn't have done that uh because she had to kill uh one of apocalypse's right hand men uh but she didn't want the girl to be abused yeah i thought it was actually pretty powerful and maybe i am i'm just a sap but i i really enjoyed this um more than i thought i would it's a tale that everybody's lived or heard of somebody who's lived so it's uh, something that I, I really enjoyed and, and really could relate to in that sense. So I like this book quite a bit. Um, I think it's going to be a self-contained six issue series. If I'm not mistaken, maybe 12 issues, maybe eight. I'm not really sure. Uh, but I'd be interested to see what people uh, really think of the, the trade that comes out later. I'm sure it should capitalize some of the success since Mr. Miracle was just released on trade paperback. People probably want more of Barda and they have a series coming out obviously right now. So readers I mean she's on the fucking cover. Even though yeah. she's not a main character, she is on the cover of this yeah, bitch. It's a great cover too. It's it's beautiful, yeah. Uh and speaking of beautiful covers, I picked up a uh a variant for the next book we're talking about here. Yeah. Which is Wonder Twins written by Mark Russell, uh and art by Steve Byrne. Uh did I make Mark Russell a writer of the year last year? Uh I believe so. In fact, Whenever I, before I even turn the first page, I was like, uh, Matt made me read Snagglepuss. He made me read Flintstones. I just can't read. I, I just, I just had my razor, uh, sharpened and by my wrist at the ready before I read this book. And, but, and you know what? Guess what, buddy? It was fun. I put it away. Yeah. I snapped it back in place into my <laughs> shaving kit. Uh, and your wife was so sad. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's exactly what it should be. It's, uh, it's the twins being brought to the planet. They're in a school trying to fit in. Superman brought them, trying to assimilate them uh, to get them in the Justice League. Wonder Woman and Batman are less enthused at their powers. as changeling, Changelings are just turned into an animal and changed into water. Uh, but it's also a love letter to the old Super Friends TV show. Because there you have the old uh, computer room with the supercomputer that's become a character as well. Like I just thought it was fun. It was a really fun book. I really enjoyed it. I'm excited uh, for more. They had a massive super villain. I don't remember the oh oh what's that? how do you pronounce it? Mr. Mixelpix. Yes, Mr. Mixelpix uh came in there and they're like, oh man, there's absolutely no way we can stop it. And uh I Jaina, maybe? Is that her name? Yeah. Jane, uh, yeah. Jane. Yeah. Uh she asked the super cute computer how to say his name backwards yeah. and it does, makes him disappear yeah. instantly. Uh 
And that's kind of like how the book ends yeah. after like the super friends can't figure a way to beat him. And they're like getting their asses kicked. And she just asked this computer. The whole thing with thunder loss was a funny bit. Thunder, I thought it was fantastic. And like, I'm already like seeing that when this becomes a CW show and they just play thunderstruck the entire time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a perfect moment for it. I also like, uh, Batman humiliating story of trying to impress a girl that he had a crush on in school. Uh, and he wrote her a poem that was sung to the tune of a BG song. And so in school, he got the nickname BG. I thought that was a great moment. <laughs> it was excellent. Yeah. I hope that Tom King uses that. Yeah. The, uh, little moments to humanize Batman, I, I think, are always great whenever they're done uh, at the exact right moment. And, and Mark Russell nailed it uh, for this book. Yeah. It's almost like he's a writer of the year or something. I don't know. That's, I mean, some people's opinion. Uh, <laughs> but now, as always, we're going to rank our books uh, for the week. We have uh, 13 books this week. So coming in at number 13, I personally have uh, the Wolverine Infinity Watch by Jerry Dugan. I do not need a recap as an entire comic book. I do not want to spend $4 on a recap. Uh, that's a fair point, but I want to go with Fight Club 3 because at least the recap had words to it. Uh, <laughs> so... This literally just has a calendar of the month of January for a two-page spread. So that didn't really do much for me. Fair enough. Uh, I will put my number 12 book as Hulk Vereens. Uh Two books that Alex just happened to buy that I didn't want to purchase. So Matt has a fear of claws. Uh, I'm terrified His of cat claws. terrorizes him constantly. <laughs> uh, my number 12 was Journey to Unknown World. It wasn't bad by any stress. It's just not the kind of uh, sci-fi pulp that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, number 11 for me is going to be Fight Club. Just not a great book in general. Not a great start. Uh, mine's going to be Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Um, I mean, for Mark Miller, w- we've come to expect great things, which is probably why maybe our expectations are a little bit too high for this book, but like, it just wasn't, again, like anything for me. I'm not a big fan of team books at all, personally. I don't like them very much. I just don't. Uh, I'd much rather a solo hero, hero story or just a solo story in general. So for that reason, I'm going to put Age of X-Men at my number 10 book. Uh, my number 10 is going to be Wolverine Vanity Watch, uh, much like you. Uh, it's basically just a recap book, which really disappointed me. There was a few pages of new stuff, but I mean, it's all new technically, but it's just retelling a story we already know. Uh, number nine, Sharky, the Bounty Hunter. Just not a good Mark Miller book. Better than these other ones, but that doesn't say a lot. It doesn't say anything, really. Uh, my next one's going to be Female Furies. Like, I mean, as you kind of picked up from the early of it, it just, again, uh, I like parts of it, but as a, and I like the end, but as a whole, uh, I need more. And the art's not really my thing, either. Uh, next for me is going to be Army of Darkness. Uh, it's fun. It's a quick read, but there's not any substance there. Um, and I need a little bit more meat on the bones. Yeah, my next one's going to be Army of Darkness, uh, Bubba Hotep as well. It was a fun read, uh, but like I agree with Matt. There's not a lot of substance to this book right now. Uh, for me next, I think it's going to be my number seven. I don't know. Fuck it. Uh, Journey into Unknown Worlds. Um, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Uh, I really appreciated getting multiple stories. Cullen Bunn's a great storyteller. And to be able to tell a cohesive story uh, that kind of spooks you in 12 pages twice, I really mm-hmm. thought it was great. Uh, my next one's going to be Amazing Nightcrawler. Uh, it was a f- good, fun book, but like Matt and I discussed, there's just not a lot of conflict or a lot of stakes uh, in this first issue. Uh, next for me, 
I, I think I'm gonna have to put Age of X Men, uh, the Nightcrawler. Um, eh, it was fine. Uh, nothing that wildly impressed me, but it was it was still a good little romp. Nothing right. I don't think I'm gonna pick up though in the future. I'm switching mine. I'm flipping Age of X Men Alpha with Nightcrawler. I like Nightcrawler more than the other one. Yeah, uh, uh, Alpha, like I said, until the end. Uh, wasn't great for me. I'm curious to see if the rest of this Age of X-Men world is going to have any impact on the main Marvel Universe whenever it's all said and done, but we'll see. We will see, bitch. Uh, next for me, and that's going to be my number five, is the Savage Sword of Conan, man. Uh, really cool book. I don't think I'm going to pick it up week to week, but I definitely think I'm going to pick up the trades. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, definitely... I think suffers from the fact that Jason Aaron came out with an even better Conan book last month. If it weren't for that, it'd probably be in my top three. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm I'm stuck on Jason Aaron's Conan right now. Uh, mine's going to be Stronghold. Uh, that was a really strong showing for Aftershock and strong showing from Bill Hester, who's m- more known as an artist than he is a writer, even though he's written uh, some comics uh, in the past that have been received well. Uh, it was a fun book, and I'm curious to see how many issues it's going to be and what the story's going to be whenever it's all said and done. Uh, next for me, number four is Female Furies. Really, really, really good book. Definitely going to pick up the trade, and I hope there's a lot of hype around it because I think this uh, is an interesting foray for for comic books. I don't think that that's something that we've really focused on is is that kind of a struggle, and we don't really get to see real things like that a whole lot. And even when we do, it's kind of muddled down, and this one definitely wasn't. So I thought it was a very realistic uh, and kind of heartbreaking portrayal in this book. So I really liked it. Uh, mine's going to be next one is Savage Sword of Conan, uh, like you. Uh, its biggest issue is that it's not Jason Aaron's Conan, uh, but it's still a fun, great book that I recommend anyone that has any interest in Conan picking up. Uh, number three for me is going to be Good Old Stronghold. Uh, massive shock for me from Aftershock, uh, being able to produce such a, a massive book, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised after what they did with The Walk Through Hell. Uh, my number three is going to be Hulk Vereens. It was my biggest surprise of the week. I expected to enjoy as much as I did. I'm really uh, hoping to see a lot from this series come through. But what that means is that you and I share the same top two, maybe not in the same order. but Yeah, uh, I'd definitely be interested to see. But for me, number two is going to be Daredevil. Um, Zdarsky has a great run. There are a few weak spots, which is why it keeps it out of the number one spot for me. Uh, But like I said, I don't buy, if you listen to this recap before, I don't buy Marvel's week to week. I buy them in the trade format. And this one has got me to buy it week to week, and I think there's only maybe two or three other Marvel books that have me doing that right now. Uh, my number two is going to be uh, Wonder Twin. Oh, goddamn! I uh, thought we were friends for a second. <laughs> it was fantastic. It's really fun. Uh, it's a nice change of pace for Mark Russell, and I like to see him doing something that we haven't been used to uh, from Russell as well. And I like that the Wonder Twins are back in the DC universe. Uh, the Wonder Twins are fantastic, and Mark Russell's even better. Um, I don't typically love really light books but this was amazing this was fun it's something that i didn't expect i never thought i would ever read a wonder twins book and like it i can only imagine me in grade school just wanting to spit on myself now because i i've always hated the wonder twins and to, <laughs> to like this so much is is a big shock and the cover's fantastic on this one uh and no surprise but my number one was uh daredevil uh, this is also a hardy first issue. I want to say it's going from like 26 to 32 pages. And what we didn't talk about was the backup story, the two-page backup story that Zarsky wrote, Andrew. Oh, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was great. It's or it's four pages. I forgot but, about 
uh, on the left side, nine panels is what we would see in the real world. And on the right side, nine panels is how Matt sees it. And there's two pages of that. And that, that was simple and beautiful uh, for, and you and I are a huge fan of Darcy's art style too. Oh, I love it. If you want to see what his art style looks like, go check out Sex Criminals number one. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Hinton Comics. You can find Matt and I's favorite covers of the month on our Instagram. Uh, but next week, we're going to be talking about Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Oh, yes. Alex's favorite person in the world, Gerard Way, wrote a beautiful comic book and has an even better television show on Netflix. Already renewed for season two, by the way. Yeah. Uh, for as always, you can mail us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Uh, go to our Instagram, go to our Twitter and Facebook. Maybe we're there, maybe we're not. But please, uh, like, subscribe, and download this podcast wherever you're listening to your podcast from, whether it's on a Zoom or an iPad or an iPod. Uh, we love you and appreciate you. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. And I am both Wonder Twins. Henchman ain't easy.